So welcome everyone. Today we're going to take a look at how we can do workflow construction and customization using uh, Kaijin CLC Genomic Workbench. And so before we get started, um, as Kristen mentioned, um, we are going to try to make this uh, session interactive. So uh, you will see at the bottom of your screen a, a raise hand uh, icon. So if you guys can just go ahead and click on it, just so that I know that it's working for you guys today, um, that would be great. And so again, that raise hand icon is going to be at the bottom of your screen. Uh, now, we do also encourage uh, you guys to ask questions as we're going along. Um, so please utilize the Q&A uh, box that's located at the bottom of your screen so you can type in those questions. It's going to help us keep track of what questions are being asked. And then um, you can also see what questions are being answered. And then if you do experience any uh, technical difficulties, uh, let them know through chat and we'll try to help you as best as we can. And so before we get started, I just want to let you know that the product that I'll be showing today is intended for molecular biology applications only. This is not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. And so today, uh, we're going to start off with just a brief introduction to CLC Genomic Workbench, since many of you um, are new to CLC, and just to kind of give you like a preview of what uh, CLC has to offer. We'll then go into how you can utilize CLC Genomic Workbench to create uh, your very own workflow uh, by showing you how to assemble different steps within the workflow, uh, customize the settings, and then install that workflow um, onto your workbench. We'll then take a look at how you can customize a template workflow that's already available within a CLC, show you how to um, add, remove steps uh, to fit that workflow for your analysis needs, and then how to also edit uh, the parameters. And so once you have a workflow completed, we'll also take a look at how you can uh, share that workflow with others um, that want to utilize those same settings for their own analysis. And so what is the CLC Genomic Workbench? So the CLC Genomic Workbench is a all-powerful uh, power tool uh, for NGS data analysis designed for the non-experts in bioinformatics uh, with a graphical user interface, uh, unique features, easy to use tools, and interactive visualizations that help facilitate the analysis of different applications uh, such as single cell, uh, variant detection, um, RNA-seq, for example, um, coming from different uh, sequencing platforms. And so within a CLC, step-by-step -step wizards are going to guide you through every single step of the analysis. And so the wizards let you know uh, what steps are coming ahead. And then they also help you select the appropriate files for each of the tool, making it very user-friendly. Now, the various tools in the toolbox generate a wide variety of different interactive visual outputs, um, like heat maps, uh, for example, uh, bar charts, uh, phylogenetic trees, uh, variant tracks, uh, Venn diagrams, as well as some PCA plots. So let's take a look at your data. But in addition to visual outputs, um, CLC also generates QC reports. And so, for example, if you map your reads to a reference, um, CLC will generate um, GC reports that show you things like the GC content uh, within your uh, sequencing reads. And then it will also show you how many reads uh, were mapped to your specified reference versus how many were not mapped um, to your reference. And so here, for example, uh, we can see that um, approximately 12% of your reads actually mapped uh, to the preferred reference, whereas 75% did not. And so you can use this information um, to give you an idea of the quality um, of your data, as well as whether you would want to use or not use uh, this specific sample for further processing. Now, in addition to generating uh, the QC reports, um, CLC also generates um, a log. 
that saves all of the steps and settings you define when running the analysis, as well as what file was used to generate that output, um, who did the analysis, when the analysis was done, and what version of the analysis of the workbench was used. And so you utilize um, this information to record the history of the analysis. So you don't have to remember all the settings that were utilized. In addition to uh, the various tools that are built into the workbench, uh, the functionality of the workbench can be expanded by adding uh, modules and plugins. And so, for example, the microbial genomics module gives you access to a wide variety of tools, workflows, and databases for your microbial metagenomics analysis, such as uh, strain typing and antimicrobial resistance, for example. Uh, the single cell module uh, gives you access to tools and workflows for different types of single cell data, such as uh, single cell RNA-seq and single cell ATAC-seq, um, for example. In addition to these commercially available modules and plugins, uh, there's also several free plugins that are available uh, for users like you to utilize, such as the biomedical um, genomics analysis plugin, which provides additional tools uh, for the analysis of um, NGS data. And then we also have plugins that support um, long reads, as well as plugins for downstream applications like Hyogen's uh, engineering path analysis for biological interpretation of your results. And so with this, uh, let's go ahead and take a look at how we can create um, a workflow. And so one of the powerful features of the Workbench is that it offers you the ability to create and customize workflows. And so workflows are um, analytical pipeline, pipelines consisting of a series of connected tools where the output of one tool is used as the input uh, for the other tool. So instead of using um, individual tools uh, one by one, you can simply create um, a workflow and run multiple samples through a series of multiple tools using the same parameters with a click of a couple of buttons. And so a workflow is a powerful and extremely useful way to simplify and automate your NGS data analysis to generate different interactive outputs uh, like variant tracks, and tables for variant calling and read mappings um, to take a look at coverage, for example. And so just a raise of hands, how many of you have utilized workflows within CLC for those of you that have previous uh, CLC experience? And so I can see that some of you have utilized it. And so for those of you that have utilized it, um, would you, again, let me just go ahead and lower the hands. Would you guys say they're easy to use? So for those of you that think they're pretty easy to use, go ahead and raise those hands just to get an idea of you know, how you're feeling today. All right, great. And so I can see that um, for those of you that have experience with the workflows, um, you also um, believe that they're easy to use. And so for those of you that do not have experience, um, hopefully by the end of today's uh, session, uh, you'll realize that you know, creating a workflow is pretty easy and they're also facilitate um, your data analysis. And so with this, I'm gonna go ahead and go into the software. And so the user interface uh, for CLC is pretty straightforward. Uh, here in the top bar menu, you can easily um, import uh, your data and you can um, export uh, your results. Um, everything that you import and all of your analysis needs are going to be stored in the navigation area, which is your directory of information. All of the analytical tools 
are going to be found within uh, the toolbox. And then anything that you open is going to be uh, just displayed here in the view area. And so we're gonna start off by um, creating a workflow that trims and maps reads to a sequence reference, uh, calls variants, filters away common variants that are present in a database and annotates amino acid changes. And so we are going to be working with tumor and normal sequencing data, focusing on the human mitochondrial genome. And so to conserve time, I imported uh, the sequencing reads already. So if I go within my uh, navigation area here under uh, the workflow construction section, I have created a, a file for our data for today. And so here I have uploaded or in, I have imported uh, my the sequencing reads that we're going to be working with. So here's our tumor and our normal. And then I've also um, included uh, the reference data that we're going to be utilizing today. And so this is going to include the uh, human mitochondrial genome, uh, the corresponding CDS and gene track. And then also I've also included um, a database containing uh, DB SNPs um, common for um, the mitochondrial sequence that we're going to be uh, working with. So again, we're going to be working with um, tumor and normal sequencing data. And then our goal here for today is to trim, to create a workflow that trims and maps reads to reference, calls the variants, and then filters away uh, common variants that are present in our dbSNP uh, database, and then annotates them with amino acid changes. And so let's go ahead and uh, create a workflow by opening up the workflow editor. And so to open up the workflow editor, we're simply going to go here on the upper right-hand side and click on the workflows icon. Here under the workflows icon, we're gonna go ahead and select new workflow. And so this um, opens up the workflow editor. Now here on the um, right-hand side, we do have some um, editor settings that allow you to go look at uh, your workflow as you're building it in a bigger view. I'm just gonna go ahead and just minimize those so that we can see uh, the full space here. And so to begin uh, constructing a workflow, uh, you can simply utilize the tools within the toolbox. And so one of the cool things about CLC is you can just simply drag and drop the tools that you're interested in into uh, the workflow editor. So here, the first thing we wanna do is we want to trim our reads. So if we go within the folders, uh, you will notice that each folder is named according to the specific applications that you may be interested in. And so in this case, if we go to the pre-sequencing data folder, we're going to find the tool that is going to trim the reads. So we can simply just select that tool and then drag it into the workflow editor. And I can just select it and move it around. So here we have our first tool, which was easily added by simply selecting the tool and then dragging it into the workflow editor. So now that we have our trim tool, we want to map our reads to a reference and we also wanna do a local alignment. And so for that, we're gonna go again into the toolbox and then here under the resequencing analysis folder, if we open that up, we are going to find the map reads to a reference tool. 
So we can go ahead and select and drop. So here we have our next tool. And then we also have our local uh, realignment tool. So again, we can select it from the toolbox, drag and then drop it into the workflow editor. So now that we have um, our first three sets, uh, we're now going to take a look and um, select our tool for our variant detection. Since we want to call the variants. So here in the variant detection uh, folder, if we open that up, we have different tools available to detect variants. In this case, I'm going to select the fix FOID variant detection tool by simply selecting it, dragging it, and dropping it into the uh, workflow editor. Now, because we are working with um, a common SNF database, uh, we want to filter our variants that are detected from this tool and focus only on those that are not found in the database. And so for that, we're gonna go into the variant filtering folder. And then here we're going to select the tool filter against known variants. So again, we're going to select the tool, drag it and drop it into our workflow editor. Now, we want to be able to annotate uh, the amino acid changes um, associated with the variants. And so for that, we can go into the functional consequences folder, open that folder up, and then you can see the tool of amino acid changes. And so again, we can select, drag and drop to add that tool. And then lastly, um, we're gonna go ahead and select the tool to annotate uh, the information because we do want to know uh, what genes the variants are present in. And so for that, we can go back to our toolbox. And then here under the utilities, utility tools folder, we can open that folder up and you can see that we have uh, various options uh, to choose from. Now here we want to annotate. So we're gonna go into um, the tracks folder. So we selected the tracks folder and then we want to annotate and filter. So we're gonna go ahead and open up that folder and we're going to annotate with overlap information because we want to know what genes the variants are in. So we're going to select that tool, drag it and drop it into our uh, workflow editor. And so lastly, um, you know, what we wanna do is we also wanna create um, a track that's going to make viewing um, all the outputs uh, pretty easy in one location. And so for that, here under the tracks folder, we can create um, a track list. And so again, we're going to drop it and drag it into our workflow editor. And so by simply selecting uh, the tools that we are interested in utilizing to um, trim our reads, map them to reference and call variants and then filter um, for specific variants, uh, we've created and selected the steps uh, that make up the backbone for that workflow that we are interested in. And so just to kind of summarize, um, the folders that we utilized, we went into the prepare data sequencing and selected the trim reads. In the resequencing analysis folder, we selected our 
map reads to reference, local realignment uh, for variant detection. We went to the variant detection folder and selected our variant detection tool. Because we're interested in filtering for variants, we went to the variant filtering folder and then we selected filter against uh, known variants. We then went into the functional consequences folder and selected amino acid changes. Since we want to know uh, the amino acid changes involved in the variants. We then went into the utility tools folder. And then within uh, the tracks folder, we selected the annotate and filter folder to um, annotate with overlapping information um, to know what genes uh, the variants are in. And then lastly, we went within the tracks folder and selected the option create a track list um, to group our outputs uh, that we're going to be generating into one object for um, easy review. And so now that we have um, our tools that we're going to utilize for our workflow, we can go ahead and connect them. And so one of the things to note when uh, working uh, with the workflow is that you're going to see a uh, different color uh, letterings. And so this kind of tells you what um, you need to uh, complete uh, the workflow. All right, so here, uh, the red uh, letterings uh, represent information that is needed. And then you can also uh, get more information on what that, that output or inputs are needed by taking a look at this menu down here. So here we can see, for example, if we scroll through this uh, menu, we can see that you know our filter against variance tool, which is uh, this right here, needs a input connection and an output connection, which is what you can see represented by the uh, red lettering. And so here, um, the top part of the tool represents the input, and then the bottom represents the outputs. And so we can start by connecting the tools by simply selecting and hovering over to highlight uh, the particular part of the outputs in green, and then connecting it to the inputs in the following tool. So here, we're going to get the trimmed sequences. And those trim sequences are going to be the input that we're going to be utilizing for the map reads to a reference um, tool. So once you made the connections, you can see that the red lettering goes away. And now we have some the black lettering. And so here again, we can go ahead and connect our tools together. So the read tracks that are generated from the re map reads to reference tool are going to be used for the local realignment. And then the output that is generated from the local realignment is going to go into our variant um, detection tool. Uh, the variants that are detected are going to then be filtered. So we're gonna take that variant track and add it to this filter against known variants. And so here, this filter track is then going to be annotated for amino acid changes. And so the annotated track is then going to be added to this annotate with uh, overlap information. And then lastly, we're going to go ahead and connect the variant track that is annotated with information um, into this track list. 
So let me just reorganize this by simply clicking on the white space in the workflow editor and then clicking on layout. And so this is going to organize um, the workflow a little bit better so that you can kind of get an idea for what um, it's, it looks like. And so here we can see that our tools are now interconnected where the output of one tool is the input of the previous one. And if we take a look at our um, table down here, we can see that we still have some requirements uh, that we need to fulfill. And so now that we've connected the tools, um, since we are interested in filtering out uh, variants present um, in the DBSIP database, we're gonna go ahead and customize uh, some of the settings uh, that are going to be present within, um, in this case, the filter against known variants uh, tool. And so this is a tool that we're going to be focusing on. And so here we can um, configure uh, the settings um, for this tool by simply either double clicking on it, and that is going to open up um, the parameters for that particular tool or we can right click and then select configure. So whether you double click on that particular tool or you right click and then click on configure, it's gonna open up that same window. And so here, uh, this is going to display uh, the parameters that are present within this particular tool. And so if we take a look at this uh, particular field, the options, um, the filter options, you can see that the default tool is set to keep variants with overlap found in the track of known variants, which is gonna be our database. Now we are actually interested in finding those, keeping those variants that are not present in this common uh, SNP database. And so for that, we're going to go ahead and use the um, drop down menu and select uh, keep variants with no exact match found in a track of known variants. And so that's the option that we're going to um, adjust and customize for our own uh, research needs. And so once we uh, make the changes, we can then click on finish. And so we've now modified uh, the settings uh, for this particular tool uh, to fit our research needs. Now, once we have modified it, we can then continue on um, to add the missing uh, information listed here in red. So we can see that uh, our trim reads tool has um, red lettering for sequence. So we can go ahead and add an input since the input section of the tool is the section that has uh, the red lettering. We can do that by simply selecting the input option, doing a right click, and then connect to workflow input. And so that is going to add a green box. So let me just go ahead and again, um, realign this. So again, I'm gonna click on the white space and then layout to adjust that. So now we have our input that's going to go into our sequences a section for the trim reads. And then if we um, look down here, it says that we still need to do a um, 
output for the um, create tracklist. And so here we can create an output similar to how we create an input by selecting um, the output section in this tool, doing a right click, and then using the option use as workflow output. And so if I just realign, re adjust this, uh, we now have a workflow in which we are almost complete. And so here we can see that one of the messages that we're getting is all tracks must also be uh, workflow outputs. And so what we can do is uh, right now the workflow is currently set to utilize an input and then generate a track list as an output, but nothing else is generated. And so we can go within the tools to select the different types of outputs that we're interested in. So here in the trim reads um, tool, we may be interested in also um, extracting those um, trim sequences as an output. And so we can select that trim sequence output and then use the option use as out workflow output. So now not only are the trim sequences going to be used as an input for the next tool, but they're also going to be uh, generated as an output. We can also generate a um, report as well by simply hovering over that section, do a right click and then output to generate um, not only the sequencing trim reads, but also uh, a trim report as well. So we can go ahead and um, do that and generate different outputs um, that we want to um, take a look at uh, throughout this workflow. So here, for example, we can do an output for the reads track after it is aligned. We can do an output for the variant track once the variants are detected. And then if we keep scrolling down, we can also do um, an output for um, the variant track after it has been filtered. So here we can go ahead and take an output for that track. And uh, now we can see that we have various outputs that are going to be generated. And so here in the workflow, um, the green boxes represent inputs, information you're gonna be adding in. And then the blue represent or purple uh, represent outputs that are going to be um, generated out. So once we have um, this information, uh, we can customize and um, make this work a little bit easier to utilize. So we have our references that we're going to be um, importing. So we can go ahead and add an import for that reference. Uh, we're also going to be um, adding our CDS uh, track to our amino acid changes. So here we can add that as an input. And then we're also going to be utilizing our gene track as a, um, to, as a um, track to annotate information. And so we can go ahead and um, do those um, outputs as well. So now that we have our outputs, um, you can see that they just are labeled workflow output one, two, three, and four, which doesn't really um, tell you what information uh, that's gonna be using. And so we can always um, rename 
uh, the outputs by simply selecting uh, the output, doing a right-click, and then selecting rename. And so here, we are focusing on this particular um, output right here. And so we can see that this is going to be a sequence. And so we can rename it as our read sequence. And so now we know that the first output is going to be the root sequence. We can go ahead and rename the second output by again, selecting the output, doing a right click and then rename. And so in this case, this is going to be the reference. So we can rename it as reference and then click okay. Um, this third output is going to be the CDS track. So we can select it do a right-click to rename, and then type in CDS. And then the fourth one is going to be the genes. So again, we can select it, do a right-click, rename, and then uh, type in what the output is going to be. So now we have uh, named all of our outputs and our inputs, and so we can um, connect uh, things together. So here you can see that this reference is going to be going into the map reads to the reference, but it can also go into um, our amino acid changes. So we can grab that, connect that input and also add it to this tool by simply selecting it and then dragging a connection. So here, we can also um, add this reference and we can add it to this track list so that the track list um, allows us to not only take a look at the variant uh, list that is generated, but also we can compare that to the reference. So here we can just simply select this and drag a connection to connect it to our track list. And so now our track list is going to have the variant track as well as the reference track. And so we can do the same thing, uh, for example, uh, with the genes. So we can add the gene track also to the track list. And then if we want, we can also add the CDS to the track list. And so now, um, sorry, it didn't go through, there we go. So now we have um, our track list, uh, which is going to contain information on the variant variants, the genes, the CDS, and also the uh, reference. Now, taking a look at the outputs that we've generated, um, here you can see that we have two uh, variant track outputs, where one will have the filtered variants, and the other will have all the variants uh, that were uh, detected. And so you can configure uh, the workflow to uh, rename these outputs that they're a little bit more easy, more distinguishable in terms of what that output represents. And so by selecting uh, the output and then either doing a right click and configure, or by just simply double clicking on that output, uh, we're going to open up the uh, configure menu. And so here you can use the um, custom output name field to change the naming. 
So the one that we're looking at is going to be uh, this output generated by the variant detection. And so this one is going to contain the variants that have not been filtered. And so if we hover over uh, this particular field, uh, it gives you information in terms of what are the different naming options that you can utilize. And so here, uh, this provides you with information in terms of how to name um, those outputs that are generated. And so in this case, we're gonna go ahead and name this as a unfiltered variant track. And we're going to use the um, option uh, that's number two listed here, the input option. So I'm going to go ahead and just type that in input. And so here, uh, the input means that the output generated will have a name based on the name of the input um, to the workflow, which in this case is going to be um, the read sequences um, in the workflow. So once I've uh, customized the name, we can click on finish. And so now we know that this variant track is going to have the unfiltered variants. And so we can do the same with uh, this variant tra track down here below. And so here we can go ahead and double click to open up that configure menu. And in this case, we're going to name it um, filtered variant track, and then use that uh, input annotation. Great, so I'm just gonna go ahead and change the layout just so that it looks a little bit better. And so with this, uh, we now have a completed uh, workflow in which our reads are going to come in, get trimmed. Um, we're going to map them to reference, which we're going to input. This is going to get realigned. Variants are going to be detected. And the reads are going to be um, generated as an output. Here, once the variants are detected, a variant output is going to be generated. These variants are then going to be filtered. Amino acid changes are going to be annotated. Gene information is going to be annotated. And all of this is going to be um, imported into the um, track list, which is basically a genome browser. So here, I'm just going to go ahead and change that naming. So I'm going to double click on that track list. And then here, I'm just going to add genome browser. And so now we've completed uh, our workflow. Um, so with this, we're going to go ahead and take our first Q&A break uh, just to see if there's any questions um, that have arised. Fabulous stuff, Araceli. Thank you so much for guiding us through that. Um, so first things first, I am going to launch a poll just to check in with you guys to see how the speed is of Araceli and then ask you some questions about uh, your species of interest and whether or not uh, we have an established genome assembled for it. So for questions, one that came in was, is there a database or repository of workflow files for the community? Um, so we do have, so uh, I guess a, a repository of workflow, workflow uh, files. Um, so this is something that I'm going to cover later today, but the plugins um, option 
allows you, as I mentioned earlier, to extend the functionalities of the workbench. Uh, and so this has different plugins that do come with pre-built workflows um, that allow you to um, take a look at, you know, other possibilities in terms of what uh, template workflows are out there. Fabulous. Thank you so much. So I guess also in uh, tune with that question, um, one of the questions was asking about specifically microRNA uh, workflows and whether or not we have some pre-canned um, template workflows for microRNA. So I guess maybe that would be something um, to look into. Yeah, so we don't have a template workflow for microRNA, but we definitely do have a tutorial that you can um, utilize to kind of help you um, step by step. And so um, the tutorial can be accessed by going to the help and then um, clicking on um, online tutorials. And so this is going to open up a page in your browser, which will not only take, take you to different types of applications, uh, but if you kind of scroll here to the bottom, uh, you will find one for the microRNA. It's in the biomedical research section. Yeah, yeah, keep going. It's a little bit. There we go. Right there. Yeah. Um, so that's that's available uh, by simply going to the help and then um, online tutorials. Perfect. Uh, another question that we have is, can I use a tool more than once inside of the same workflow? Uh, yes, so you can use uh, the same tool multiple times. So here, for example, um, let's take the map reads to reference, right? So if you wanted to analyze two different types of samples uh, at the same time, uh, you can easily just, you know, add that tool again and then um, connect the, the inputs and the outputs, right? So tools can definitely be utilized at, uh, at multiple times. Wonderful. Uh, let's see. Uh, another question that came through is uh, if a person wants to change some of the default parameters in the tools, where can they find the information for those defaults? Excellent question. So let's go back to our filter against uh, known variants. So for this one, let's say that you want to change the filter parameters, but you don't really know what these are. If you click on the help, it's going to open up our manual right where that, uh, for that specific tool. And so here you can take a look at what the different parameters are, what they represent, and if any algorithms were utilized or any papers uh, were referenced, uh, you'll also provide, we'll also provide links to those on that as well. Excellent, thank you so much. Um, so with that, you, I know you have a ton more to cover. Um, so just a reminder, if you guys could fill up that speed poll that's being launched, I am also going to copy and paste the slides for today's presentation in the chat in case you missed it the first time. And with that, take it away, Araceli. Thanks, Kristen. Um, so now that we have um, our workflow, uh, the only thing that needs to be done, as you can see uh, down here, is the workflow needs to be saved. Um, but let's say that, you know, before you actually save this workflow, you wanna make sure that it works and uh, provides you with the uh, work the outputs that you want. Um, you don't really have to save the workflow to run it. You can simply just click on run. So when you click on run, it is going to generate that wizard that you see for every tool within the toolbox, asking you where you want to um, utilize that information. Now here, if I click on next, um, as you will note, it's going to ask you to select the read sequence, which is what we named our input as. And so here I can select my sequences. And because I am working with two different samples, I do want to make sure that I click on the batch option. 
Next, it's going to ask you to select the reference, which is another output that we named. And so here under the reference uh, folder, I can select the genome reference. It's gonna ask you to select the CDS, which is going to be um, this particular output that we named as well. And so we can go ahead and select the CDS. It's going to ask you to select the output that we named as genes. And so we can select that output. Uh, because we are working with multiple samples, we do have that batching option. And so these are the samples that we're going to be working with. And then here, filtered against no variants, we can go ahead and select that SNP database that we're going to be working with. And then lastly, we can select where to save that information. So I kind of already did this ahead of time, so I'm gonna go ahead and cancel. Uh, but once you open up uh, the workflow results, you are going to get the outputs that you uh, specified. And so here, we can see that we have um, our um, trimmed report, which is going to be that output, our trim sequences. We have our mapped gene report, which is going to, whoops, I guess I didn't make an output for that one, uh, but I can just make a mapping report by selecting it. And then there we go, mapping report. And so that one would be, um, this one right here. Um, here are our aligned reads, our unfiltered variants, uh, the filtered variants, which are gonna be down here. And then lastly, it is going to um, generate that um, genome browser that we specified uh, down here, right? So if we open up that genome browser, uh, we can see that this is going to contain uh, the different tracks that we added, right? So it's going to contain our genome reference, which if we go back to our workflow, um, that genome reference did connect and was added to the track list. It is going to contain our CDSs and our genes, which again, um, were also added. So here is the gene, the CDS and the gene uh, connections connecting to the track list. And then um, it's going to contain our filtered variant track, which is that track that we connected to uh, the track list. And so the genome browser allows you to easily view the information um, in one uh, single uh, location. Okay, and so once you're happy uh, with the workflow and the outputs uh, that it generates, uh, you can actually um, just save the workflow by simply going to the um, save icon right here. And so here you can select to save and decide where in your navigation area you wanna save it. Uh, now, another quick and convenient way to save the workflow is by simply just selecting the tab and just dragging it to where you want to save it. Um, so this um, is a really uh, convenient way because once you select the folder, you can just uh, you know see it right there, right? So once you save it, you can simply just go to your navigation and double click to open up uh, that workflow and then um, click on run to run it in the um, workflow editor.
Now, in addition to launching uh, workflows from the workflow editor, you can install a workflow and launch it from the toolbox. And so this essentially locks down the version installed, helping ensure that the same tools and the same settings are used for each run. And so to install this into your uh, toolbox, you can simply just open up that workflow that you're interested in and click on the option to um, install, which is installation. And so here, when we click on the installation, it is gonna open up a window that is going to um, allow you to enter information. Uh, so you can enter um, the many outputs that you see here, but the ones that are required is going to be the organization and the workflow name. Those are the required um, fields. Um, without these, you cannot install the workflow. Uh, so in this case, because I did it earlier, it, I did auto save, but I can simply just choose my institution and let's say that I want to name it custom workflow. And so once I at least fill in the required fields, we can click on next. And then here we want to install the workflow on this uh, workbench. And so once we click on finish, um, CLC will install this current version in our toolbox. So if we go into our toolbox, um, so let me just make this a little bit bigger. Here under installed workflows, we can now see that we have our custom workflow. So by adding it um, as an installed workflow, you can simply go into your workbench toolbox, double click on that workflow that you um, are interested in. And um, well, I think I mean I need to restart my workbench, uh, but this will allow you to um, have an easy access to um, start that workflow by just um, simply clicking on it. Now you can manage um, and get information about your installed uh, workflows by simply going to the uh, workflows icon. And then here under manage workflows, uh, you get information on uh, what that workflow is. And then if any information was provided, um, you can get that um, available there. So. Uh, it's just an option that allows you to take a look at those workflows that you've uh, installed. And so just a show of hands, how many of you um, can see yourselves making uh, your own workflows uh, by simply just dragging and dropping the tools? So I can see that many of you um, can see themselves easily doing that. And so with this, let's go ahead and go back uh, to our slides and take a look at how we can customize a template workflow. And so in addition to your own workflows, CLC has an extensive collection of pre-established template workflows that serve as examples for various applications uh, such as um, whole genome sequencing, uh, single cell, microbial, there's different options uh, that are available. And so if you are, are a new user, uh, you have a template that you can use to do your analysis. If you are an experienced user, you can easily modify the workflow to fit your research needs. And so copies of template workflows can easily be opened, allowing you to customize the tool and optimize the settings to fit your specific application. And so let's go into the workbench to see how you can do this. Okay. And so template workflows are going to be found uh, within uh, the toolbox under the uh, template uh, workflows section. 
And so uh, the number of template workflows available can be enhanced by going into the plugins. And so here by going into the plugins and adding um, different modules and um, plugins, we can expand uh, the number of available uh, template workflows for you to utilize. So for example, um, the biomedical genomics analysis plugin, which is available to all users, comes with uh, template workflows for common use applications, such as whole genome sequencing, whole exome sequencing, targeted and whole transcriptome uh, sequencing as well. And so um, in addition to um, these uh, workflows that come through the plugins, um, there are also workflows that allow you to uh, prepare uh, your raw data for analysis. And there's also basic uh, workflows for common applications uh, such as RNA-seq. And so we're going to go ahead and customize this um, template workflow for RNA-seq by opening a copy of it. And so here we can open a copy by simply selecting the workflow and then doing a right click and open copy. So I'm just gonna go ahead and just hide this. And so again, we can open up any copy of a workflow by simply selecting it, doing a right click and then open copy. And so here we can see that this workflow is going to take in uh, trim reads it is going to use the RNA-seq analysis tool to align those reads to the reference and then quantify counts, which is going to generate gene expression counts. It is going to use those gene expression counts to calculate differential expression, but also um, do a PCA plot, a heat map, and then using that differential expression is going to generate a Venn diagram, a expression browser, and a gene set test. And then it's also going to create a track list, which is like a genome browser. And in addition, it's gonna create a QC report for your, your sequencing data. Now, rather than generating all of the outputs in this template workflow, uh, you are only interested in generating, for example, uh, you know, differential expression, Venn uh, diagram, PCA plot and a uh, heat map. And so what we can do here is we can modify this workflow so that it only generates the outputs that we are interested in. And so we can simply uh, do that by removing the unnecessary steps. And so to remove the unnecessary steps, you can simply just um, select them by dragging a square around them so in this case, I'm gonna go ahead and just drag and select both the gene set tool and the gene set output. And then using my keyboard, I'm just gonna click on press delete. And so that automatically removes that tool from uh, the workflow. I'm also gonna go ahead and select the gene expression browser tool and the output, and then click on uh, delete in my keyboard to delete that option. Now here we have this uh, gene ontology that is showing up in red. And we can see that the error down here says that it needs, the output needs to be connected. Well, since we don't have that expression uh, browser, we don't need this output. So we can simply select it and then delete. And so by selecting the tools and outputs, um, and inputs that we don't want or need, 
um, and then clicking on delete, we can easily modify uh, this workflow to fit our research needs. So here I'm just gonna click on the white space and layout. And now you can see that we have a customized uh, template workflow for RNA-seq that is going to take in our trim breeds, um, calculate those counts, and then generate differential expression, Venn diagram, PCA plot, heat map, and then that QC report. And so with this, we're gonna go ahead and just take another Q&A break. Fabulous, thank you so much, Araceli. So I am going to launch another poll at this time, just asking for your feedback, what you've seen today, and if you think it would be useful. So a couple questions came through. Uh, one was, can I make changes after I install a workflow? Uh, yes, so you can make changes after you install the workflow, the same way that you would make changes uh, with the template workflow. Uh, so one of the uh, perks of installing a workflow is that it becomes like a template workflow in the sense that you can just easily launch it um, through the toolbox. Uh, but if you wanna make any changes, you would simply just select it and then open a copy of it. And so here, um, once you open a copy of your template, of your installed workflow, you can make the changes that you want. And so once you make the changes, you can just either save those changes by clicking on save um, and then saving it uh, wherever in your navigation area. Awesome. Another question that came through that I had asked for a little bit of clarification on, but they were asking if you were going to cover the batch option using metadata. Uh, uh yes. Great. I will be covering the, the batch option um, after our Q&A break. <laughs> Fabulous. So we are seeing into the future, guys. Uh, Araceli will definitely hit that up uh, soon. So one more question before I send it back over to you um, would be, how could a user delete a workflow that they've installed in their toolbox? Excellent question. So let's say that you know you did your custom workflow and you realized it's no longer useful. I don't want it there anymore. You can go into the workflows icon, manage workflows. And then here you can select that workflow and click on uninstall. So once we click on uninstall, it is going to remove it from your installed workflow folders, right? And so now if we take a look at my folder, um, it's no longer there. Uh, so you can easily install and remove um, as you please uh, with just uh, a couple of clicks. Perfect. All right, so I'm gonna share once more in chat today's uh, slides for the session in case you've missed it the first couple times. And I am going to hand it back over to you, Araceli. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, everyone, for um, those questions. So again, if you guys have questions, go ahead and just utilize that Q&A box and type them in. Um, so here we saw how we can uh, delete uh, steps that are not required or necessary for our research purposes uh, when working with a template workflow. But let's say that you want to add tools to this um, template workflow. Um, so for today's example, we will be working with tumor and normal RNA-seq data. So in addition to expression, uh, we want to call uh, low frequency variants and annotate the amino acid changes. And so like we did earlier, we can drag and drop tools from the toolbox to add those additional steps. 
So if I go back to the toolbox, I can go ahead and add the uh, local realignment. So I can go ahead and select that tool, drag and drop it into the uh, workflow editor. I can then go into the variant detection um, folder and select the low frequency variant detection tool by again selecting, dragging, and then dropping that into um, the workflow editor. And then lastly, I do want to annotate the amino acid changes. So I can go into the functional consequences, select the amino acid changes, add that tool here. And then I do want to annotate um, with gene information to know where those variants are in terms of the genes. So I can go down to the utility tools folder within the tracks folder. And then under annotate and filter, I can annotate with overlap information and I can drag and drop that tool here. So now I have added these four additional tools that are going to allow us to uh, call low frequency variants and annotate the amino acid changes, right? And so like we did with our own custom uh, workflow, we can connect the tools. And so here we can go ahead and get the read tracks from our RNA-seq uh, tool and connect it to the local alignment those reads are, are going to be aligned, are then going to be used for our variant detection listed here. And then those um, variants that are detected are going to then be annotated when amino acid changes. And those annotated tracks are going to be connected to this overlap, annotate with overlap information. And then that, um, variant track that is going to be annotated with the information, we're gonna go ahead and use it as an output. So we're gonna go ahead and hover over that uh, variant track output, do a right click and use as workflow output. So now we have connected our variant detection side with our gene expression side. So, we've customized this workflow. So here we can then um, just connect uh, different additional supporting information, right? So we want to include this variant track into our um, track list so we can do a connection this way, right? So we can go ahead and um, connect the variant track output to the track list input. So we've made that connection. Uh, we're then going to go ahead and add um, the CDS, uh, the sequence and the mRNA tracks to this amino acid change uh, tool. So again, we're going to make uh, those connections by um, connecting the CDS, the reference, and the mRNA. So let's go ahead and do that. So here I'm going to grab the CDS, drag it, and connect it to the CDS 
input in the amino acid changes tool, grab the mRNA and add it to the mRNA input section, and then grab the reference and add it to the sequence section. And then lastly, uh, because we do want to annotate with gene information, I'm going to go ahead and take this gene and add it to this input. So we can go ahead and make that connection. So here's my gene. And I'm going to go ahead and add that to the annotate with overlap information input. And so now we can just um, rearrange this workflow by clicking on the white space and then layout. And so now we have a workflow in which we're going to take our trim reads, do our, um, our mapping to a reference. It's going to generate some gene counts, which is going to then use that information to calculate differential expression. It's going to do the PCA, the, the PCA plot, the heat map, and then the differential expression is going to be used to generate the Venn diagram. In addition to um, the counts, it is going to take those map reads, do a local realignment, and then calculate the variance. Those variants are going to be annotated with amino acid changes. And then gene information is going to be annotated to those variants to generate a variant track. And all of the outputs generated in this workflow are also going to be viewed here in uh, the genome browser track list. And so now we've modified um, this um, workflow to include additional steps um, that we, sit, we see fit for our research. And so like our own workflow, we can edit the parameters. Uh, let's say that you, know, you are interested in editing the parameters of the heat map. So just like we did with our own custom workflow, we can just double click to open up those parameters or we can select the tool and do a right click to configure. And so here, for example, you know, we can see that um, this, um, the linkage criteria for the clusters is locked. So we can easily click to unlock it. And what this means is that when the workflow is run, a user will have the option to select what linkage uh, criteria they want. And then we can finish to set that parameter. So if we open up that param the parameters for the heat map again, we can see that that parameter is now unlocked. And so this is uh, one way uh, to modify the parameters uh, that are present within the tools in this workflow. Now, an easy way to edit the workflow parameters is by viewing the workflow configuration. And so here, if we focused on um, the bottom icons. So right down here, um, you can see that um, we have two different icons. So let me just go ahead and just zoom in again. So we're going to go ahead and select this icon right here. And so this is the workflow configuration icon. And so when you select that icon, it's actually going to open up 
um, it's in display the parameter settings for all the tools down within the workflow. And so here you can easily just select the tool that you're interested in. So if I go back to um, and find the heat map section, here we have all of the parameters and we can see that we have our unlock parameter. I can lock it back, unlock it and play around with it. And so here, if you want to share these parameters, um, you can easily um, export uh, the parameters uh, in the different uh, formats that you would like. So if you would like to export this in Excel or as uh, a PDF, uh, you can do so by simply selecting the, the format and then clicking on export parameters. This is one way to share uh, the information that you have um, uh, for this particular uh, workflow. And so if we go back to uh, the workflow display, which is um, the column, the icon here at the bottom, um, we can now see that we've created a workflow and customized this workflow uh, to generate the outputs that we want and also call the variants. And so um, to conserve time, I imported RNA-seq RNA data and the metadata that um, we're gonna use just to test out this workflow. And so here, if I go back to my um, navigation here under um, the cancer RNA-seq data, uh, I have uh, imported the cancer um, data that we're gonna be working with. So here's our tumor and our normal. And I've also imported uh, the metadata. And so uh, we can run the workflow by simply just going into our workflow editor and selecting run. And so here we can run and we can select our trim reads. So if I've already trimmed the reads. So here's the normal and the cancer. Next, I'm gonna go ahead and select a reference. So in this case, I'm gonna select a reference um, set to use, and this is an HG19. Um, because I did add a metadata table, I can uh, batch based on the metadata by simply using use metadata option and then selecting that metadata table. And so in this case, I can group or subgroup uh, my data based on the different metadata um, columns that are listed. And so here in this case, I'm just going to sort my samples based on tissue. So if I go and click on next, we can see that the tissues column in the metadata is being utilized to um, batch and split our samples. Here, um, the reference is already added because we did use a reference set. So are the genes, the mRNA, the CDS, and um, the RNA-seq information. You can see the locked parameters. For uh, differential expression, we are interested in testing differential expression um, due to tissue. So here, I can, you can select the little plus sign and out of the metadata uh, columns, we can 
select tissue and then close. And in this case, we want to do a comparison against the control. And so our control group in this case is going to be our adjacent normal. And so once we set our differential expression, next is our P map. And so here, because we unlocked that setting, we now have the option to select the linkage criteria. And then lastly, we can select where we want to save that information. And so I've already um, done the workflow to conserve time, uh, but once the workflow is done, it's going to generate uh, the outputs that you selected. So we take a look at um, the outputs, right? And we compare those to our workflow. We can see that it generated our um, tracks, our count tracks, which are these right here. It generated our reports. So here we have our um, trimming report which is represented right there. And then we also have our um, QC report, which, sorry, we also have our um, QC report, which is reported right there. It also um, generated our genome browser, which is represented here. Our heat map, PCA, differential expression. And then it also generated our um, variant track, which is represented right here. So the variant track here is this one right there. And so if we open up a copy of the genome browser, we can see that we have our sequence, our genes, our cDNA, mRNA. We have our... Um, gene counts, our, our transcripts for our um, adjacent normal, sorry, differential expression uh, for our um, tumor versus normal. And then in this case, we also have the variants that were detected uh, for our um, normal sample. So all that information is compiled into a one view. And so if we're happy with uh, this particular workflow that we've now customized, we can simply save it by again, um, either going to save and then selecting where you want to save that information, or you can simply just select the tab and then just drag it wherever you want to save that, right? So then if we open that up, we again have our custom workflow that we've modified from a template that not only does the RNA-seq, but also does the variant uh, detection. And so if you're working with a colleague and they want to utilize the same exact workflow that you've made, um, you can easily export uh, this workflow by simply going to the um, export icon. And so here, it's going to show you uh, a table with all of the supported formats for this particular um, output, which is the workflow. And so 
You can select the CLC format by highlighting it on the table, clicking select. And so here it's going to open up the export CLC window where we have our selected output. We can then um, modify the naming of this output. So if we want to name it um, customized, we can change that. And then lastly, we can select where we want to save that information. Now, just like we did with our own custom workflow, uh, you can install this new version of the um, template workflow by again going to the installation and then typing in the information associated with it and then installing it into uh, your workbench. And so once you do so, uh, you will now have that workflow under your installed workflows. And so once you reset, um, restart CLC, you can um, open up that workflow and run it as uh, a template uh, workflow. And so with this, we're gonna go ahead and go back to our slides. And so just to summarize what we covered today. So today we took a look at how we can create a workflow by simply dragging and dropping the tools from the toolbox um, to add the elements uh, that we need uh, to construct our uh, desired workflow. We can use um, input and output channels to connect um, the different tools together and define how the data is gonna be flowing through the workflow. And then once we have um, designed and made our workflow, uh, we can install it in the toolbox uh, for easy access. Now we can also, uh, we also saw how we can customize those template workflows that are already available within the workbench by opening them as a copy. Similar to what we did when creating our own workflow, we can drag and drop uh, to add new tools. We can select and delete to remove tools that are present within the workflow. And then we can configure uh, the elements uh, to change lock unlock parameters by simply um, double clicking on those tools or taking a look at the workflow configuration uh, display and then changing those parameters that way. Um, so with this, uh, thank you for your time today. Um, and thank you for all the questions. And if there's any remaining questions, I'd be happy to take them. Excellent. Thank you so much, Araceli, for that wonderful presentation. Uh, a couple questions came up. One of them was interesting. Uh, so this user says, for our specific testing, they're only looking at chromosome 7. Is there a way to add a filtering op option early in the workflow so they can save time on the back end with their results? Um, so one of the things that you can do um, is, let me go ahead and open up a copy of the workflow. Um, actually, let's go ahead and also open up the copy that we made earlier. Okay. Um, so one of the, so if you're only interested in chromosome seven, um, the easiest way would actually be just to start off with the reference for chromosome seven. Um, so this can easily be done by opening up your reference of interest and creating a track list out of it. Uh, so for example, if I open up, let's say, Homo sapiens, uh, 
So let's say, you know, you're interested in human, just as an example. Um, you can go to chromosome seven, and then here, you can actually create a track list that only focuses on specific uh, regions of interest. And so that, that is one way um, to sort of like, to sort of focus uh, your workflow on just that specific reference. Um, this is one way, uh, but you can also uh, utilize uh, the different uh, options that are available within the toolbox uh, to sort of focus on a region. Um, yeah, so I would I would actually you know recommend just opening up the reference itself and just cutting it down so that it focuses on chromosome seven. That way uh, you're only focusing on that particular region as you are. Um, doing your analysis. Um, uh, fabulous. All right. Uh, another question came up. How do I import a workflow? So you can easily import uh, a workflow uh, by simply going to the import and then just doing a standard import. Um, so here, when you do a standard import, um, CLC will try to detect uh, what that import is. Um, so if you exported your um, workflow in a .clc file format, uh, you can just simply use a standard import to import uh, that workflow uh, back in. So here you would just select the file that you are interested in and then uh, click on finish to, to select where you want to save that information. Great, that looks easy enough. Uh, another question would be, how would folks uh, get in touch with support if they had any questions? Excellent question. Um, so if you guys have any questions, you can always just go to help and then contact support. And so here uh, you can enter your specific questions um, or if you're coming up with a problem or an error, uh, once you enter your specific questions, you can attach that information. And this is a really great way because support's able to get uh, the information uh, from your workbench and they'll have like a better idea in terms of what's going on and how they can help you best. Excellent. And um, I know we went over it earlier, but definitely worth um, revisiting. Where can folks find tutorials if they're brand spanking new to CLC and want to figure out kind of how to start with different um, analytes? best way would be to go to help and then um, online tutorials. And so this is going to open up a page in your browser that is going to provide you with the list of the different tutorials that are available. And so these are divided into different uh, application sections. Um, so um, you can just browse down through the section that you're interested in and then take a look at um, the different workflows. So the different tutorials are available and these tutorials are um, associated with example data. So you don't have to have data of your own to use these tutorials. Uh, we do provide you with the example data as well as any um, workflows that the tutorial may uh, require. Excellent, thank you so much. Uh, doesn't look like we have any other questions uh, so far. So I definitely wanna thank everybody for joining us today. And of course, want to thank Araceli for this wonderful presentation and the other folks that have been helping me answer questions online. So we are going to leave the uh, webinar open just for another minute or so to see if anybody has any last minute questions. So please get those into the Q&A box while we're still here. 
And then, of course, you can always contact support, um, you know, after uh, this training, if you ever have questions. One thing that I will share in the chat box while we're waiting to close this out is going to be our post-trading survey. Thank you, Araceli. You beat me to it. Um, so let us know how you enjoyed this webinar, what you would like to include in future webinars, so on and so forth. Um, tell tell um, you know Araceli's boss that she did such a wonderful job, things like that. So a uh, really great way to um, let us know what you think of today's training. So looks like we have very good and helpful. So there you go, Araceli. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so it looks like uh, no other questions. So um, thank you guys, everybody, for your attendance today. And we look forward to seeing you in future trainings. Thank you, everyone, um, for the amazing questions. And hope to see you guys in future trainings.